Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and click on the Listen tab. There you can download the Crosswalk Notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. As we did this message series, Recapturing Christmas, we were trying to get the different themes of of, of Christmas, and, and it would almost be like if you're on family feud, right? It, it, it would be, okay, fill in the blank, Christmas blank. And so you'd have Christmas cookie, Christmas tree, Christmas present, uh, Christmas carol, whatever it might be, and, and those are the things that we've been looking at where, where people find joy and, and maybe lose joy over the holiday season. And specifically today, we're looking at that, that part of it, Christmas Carol. Now, I don't know what your feelings are about Christmas music and how different people have different strong opinions. Some people just love it, play it all the time. Other people hate it. And so, first of all, what I did is I went to look at the 10 most downloaded Christmas songs of this holiday season. And here are the top 10. Here's what you are listening to. Number 10, I don't know how this song gets in, but it does. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart by wham. Are you kidding me? George Michael, alive and well, on the top 10 list for Christmas. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. Okay. The next one, Jingle Bell Rock. We'll let let that go. The next one is Felix Navidad. Oh, Feliz Navidad. Thanks. See what I did there? All right. Feliz Navidad. Uh, the next one, Faith Hill, Where Are You Christmas? And uh, the, the la- number six, Christmas Canon by the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Now we get to the top five. These are the big ones. Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree. Oh, yeah. Mistletoe by Justin Bieber. Come on. Yes. Yes. Christmas Eve by the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. And I'm just going to, number two, you're not going to like. I'm just going to tell you, you're going to be upset by this. Do you want to build a snowman? That's not even a Christmas song. It's not. It's a winter song, but you know what? They're calling it a Christmas song. And number one, what you are downloading, what you are listening to, all I want for Christmas is you, Mariah Carey, atop the charts one more time, telling us what Christmas is all about. I don't know what you're like. I, I don't know when, when, you, when you hear that music, there are some of you that, that like I said, get upset, but usually there, there's a strong reaction, emotional reaction, whether positive or negative, to Christmas music. And some of it has to do with style, some of it doesn't. So, what, what, in case you're wondering what person you are that you don't know for sure, maybe you think it's the most wonderful time of the year. That's a cue. Thank you, Andy Williams. And so right now, no, keep playing by all, please, please keep it going. Because I have a sleigh full of gifts outside. It's cold enough to snow. It is just wonderful. We're going to gather around family and we love Christmas time but I hate Christmas time, and I don't like the Fry's commercial that says it's wonderful, and I don't like this song. So you can turn it off. (laughs) 
So there are some of you right now who are disappointed that the song is now off, and so you are the people who like Christmas and Christmas music. But then if you are more like me, having been called a Scrooge before, that there are, there are other Christmas songs that you can relate to more, like maybe this one. Yeah. My toys have stunk for the last 20 years. I hate Christmas shopping. Keep it going, keep it going. It helps my miserableness. That I've been told that my heart is too small for my body. That I'm, I'm frustrated. I don't like the traffic, the crowds. I do not have a Christmas gift bought yet. So if you hear my wife talking about something inexpensive she would like, please let me know. Okay, turn it off too. I'm enjoying it too much. Okay, somewhere along the line, you, you fit into this, okay? And that is the way you have a Christmas, way you feel about Christmas, that the music seems to intensify one way or another. There are songs that can capture it. And so as we begin, one of the things that might help you understand why is found in God's word. Let's look at Proverbs 25, verse 20, the first verse on your notes. Proverbs 25, verse 20. Like one who takes away a garment on a cold day, or like vinegar poured on a wound, is the one who sings songs to a heavy heart. That if there's a reason, if you do not like Christmas, I am willing to bet that there is a reason. And that reason is about something that has happened. One of them, like someone who takes away a garment on a cold day, oh my goodness, do we have the perfect day for this? So you're outside and you have something that keeps you warm and someone takes it off and immediately you feel that loss and you feel cold. For those who don't like Christmas, I'm guessing there's loss and I'm guessing it's the loss of a loved one. I am willing to, to bet that if you go back, that, that around Christmas time, someone you, you love and care about passed away, or for some reason that holiday, as you gather around, you can't help but think of them, and what used to be a warm time is now cold. Secondly, like vinegar poured on a wound, that it stings, that when you hear it, it stings, that that sting is still very much alive. And, and, and the Christmas time and, and whatever Christmas stand, stands for, whenever it comes every year, it, it's again, you have this sting and music makes it worse. And, and so when, when you hear that and you go into the stores and you can't get away from it, when it's on the radio, you're like, stop it. I don't want to hear songs about joy. I don't want to hear songs about happiness. I definitely don't want to hear songs about families getting together because it hurts me. In the blank, you can write, the joy of Christmas is overshadowed by the sadness of the human heart. And it's very real. So what we are going to do today is we're going to go to a time when, when a song was was sung, and, and it, was, it was Mary singing the song when she found out that she was going to give birth to a, a baby. And, and it's when she found out, nine months before, she was going to give birth to Jesus. And this is what happened. 
After the angel came and told her, you're going to give birth to this child, and he's going to be the savior of the world. And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering his merciful or his merciful or his mercy to Abraham and to his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. And this is God's word. See, as we look at these words, especially those first words, and Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. They're going to call me blessed. For Mary to be able to say this is crazy when you think about it. Because if you go back, and, and maybe this is something you've thought of and this has been brought up to your attention before, when, when Mary had the angel come to her, I'm sure she had a plan. She was engaged. So if there's anyone here who's engaged or, or has, has a relationship that might go that route, I'm, I'm sure you're maybe thinking in terms of uh, an engagement, a marriage, and then after you're married, uh, maybe you know what you're going to do for, for work, where you're going to live, possibly in, in the near future, maybe distant future, I don't know, having a child. And so you, you think, yeah, those are my plans. Those are what we plan to do as a family. But if you were to ask Mary before this day, what are your plans? Are your plans to get pregnant before you're married by someone who's not your husband? Do you plan then to have him come and and let you know that what he plans to do is not go through with the marriage because he feels like he can't trust you and, and he's just so disappointed he can't be with you? Then, just to make it a little bit better, how about when you're eight and a half months pregnant, we go on a donkey ride. And we go all the way on the donkey ride from north and Nazareth all the way down to Bethlehem. And by the way, when you get there, we're not going to have a place to stay. And then you're going to give birth basically outside. And I know what a lot of you are thinking. I, you know, where you're having your baby, you know, dignity here, and, uh, here or, or maybe St. Joe's, Good Sam's, whatever it is. They're talking about bringing cows in. You know, in the birthing room, just for the smell, the ambiance. When, when we sing, oh, the cattle are lowing, the baby awakes. Two weeks ago, I was, it was at a guy's ranch in, in Texas. Cattle lowing. I mean, it's like, are you kidding me? The baby's sleeping. I just got him asleep. We look at this and we, and we make it look as if Mary, oh, what a great, I'm surprised more people don't go through that birth experience. The, we call it the Bethlehem package here at the hospital. <laughs> no, that's not the way she thought and that's not the way she felt. And, and, and yet, in, in the middle of this, 
she is able to say, my soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of his, the humble state of his servant. She could have said, God, you're not thinking about me at all. But instead, she says, God does nothing but think about me and show his love towards me. Can you do the same if your plans for Christmas don't go the way you want them to? Because I'm sure you have plans. I'm sure you have some type of plan. The, the, the plan to, to be with someone or go somewhere or, or whatever it happens to be, there's a plan. And when your plan starts to fall apart, do you start to look to God and say, God, you're not thinking of me at all. Or do you have this opportunity to look towards the manger, to look towards the Savior, to say, God, who am I that you would call me your child? Who, who am I that, that I would even know about this birth? Lord, you are mindful of my humble state. And because I am associated with you, I am truly blessed. In the blank, you can write, Mary's song came from a thankful heart that recognized all that God had done for her. So as we look at the way that I think about Christmas, and we're going to get to this a little bit later specifically, and the way that you look at Christmas, if you're disappointed, if the music is like salt on a wound, if it, if it drives you crazy, if you feel lost every time you hear that song, to recognize as hard as that might be, it starts with a thankful heart that recognizes all that God has done for me, not the breaking of my plans that I've put in place. We continue. And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Do you see what she does here? That, that when she's talking about why she has reason to glorify the Lord, she doesn't look at her circumstances, which may or may not change. She focuses her complete attention on God, on the Lord, and what he has done. And specifically, that she says the Lord my soul glorifies the Lord, the name Lord, I am who I am, the Savior God, the one who acts on behalf of his people, the Lord, the one whose name the, the people of Israel had had since the beginning as they looked at all the, the deliverance that God had done, specifically at the time of Moses leading the children out of the slavery of the captivity in Egypt, the God who led them through the wilderness, the God that gave them the promised land, the God that made the promise of the Savior. My soul glorifies the Lord. And if you are, are looking for something to give thanks for, simply go into God's word, do a word search on the word Lord and, and all the promises attached to what he has done. And I guarantee you, you will have days, days of study that you can look at all that God has done for you. The next one is that he's God, my savior, the one who has come to me personally, my savior, because of my sin, that God comes into to my circumstance, into my life, and shows his love. And finally, uh, he is, he is the, the mighty one. The mighty one, the one who shows his strength in my life. In the blank, you can write, Mary celebrated her interaction with the Lord. He is our Savior, God, who is the Holy One, the mighty one of Israel. He is our Savior, who is the Mighty One. 
See, this is what Mary knew, is she looked at all those things that she wasn't going to have, all the things she had to endure in her life, and I don't know how much at this time she would have understood, but without all of those negative things of of having all her plans broken and all those bad things that were going to come, there would have been no angels. There would have been no shepherds. There would have been no wise men. There would have been no boy Jesus in the temple who was talking with the priest that that she would have to go and, and, and bring home back to Nazareth. There would have been no ministry of Jesus. There, there would have been no teaching of the love of God. There would have been no miracles. There would have been no suffering for sin. There would have been no death to pay for sin. There would have been no resurrection as proof that he was God and his promises were true. There would have been no hope. There would have been no salvation, not only for Mary, but for anyone. And that is what Mary, through the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, was able to see as she watched her plans falling apart. I know we're about halfway through the message, and this is one on music. So I got to play some music. I got to play some music. We're talking about music, right? So what I have is a song. We used this in Resilient last night. And the reason why I chose this song is because it's one that, well, I had, I had not heard it before. I don't know. Maybe you have. But it's a song that, that's not like a, a, a catchy Christmas carol that is a song about Christmas that is about Jesus and the work that he would do, much like this song. And, and we're going to take about four minutes to listen to it now. Give me hope. 
That's a Jesus song, okay? It's a Christmas song, but it's a Jesus song. And, and these are the ones that if Christmas carols are the ones you're having difficulty with, start with one like this. that reminds you of everything you have, that that helps you see the big picture, that starts in the manger, but it goes so much farther than that. It's a story that continues to eternity, and that's God's story for you, and right now you're in one piece of it. And if it's it's the manger, if it's the filled with squalor, if it's the place you would rather not be, never forget where you are going. We continue. We continue. This is the song of Mary. She says, he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. Mary understood the nature of God. And the way that he is. And, and in a, a physical way that, that this song describes that, that those who are poor and those who are the ones that Jesus went to, right? The shepherds were the ones there, not King Herod. It, w- it was the poor, those who were downtrodden. But it's not just in a physical sense, but it's spiritually. Those who confess their sin. Those who understand their need for a savior. And that is the message that, that is so difficult. And it's one that, that, as you are here today, might be difficult for you to even hear when, when Jonathan had talked about it before. When he talks about sin. And, and the fact that you, by virtue of being human, are a sinner. And, and if you have a problem with that, and, and, and I think all of us to some extent do, that that is what, what this, this is talking about, these words about, do I want to be self-righteous? Do I want to look at my life and say, I think I'm a pretty good person. I've tried to love others like God loves me, love others as I love myself. I try to do all these things. I think I'm doing pretty good standing before God. Time after time in his ministry, Jesus addressed people who were self-righteous and, and in a very tactful way, popped a hole in their balloon and, and helped them see their great need for God. And yet those who were down, who came to him hopeless, who, who, who were begging that Jesus answered very quickly, offering them grace and forgiveness. One of them I think of specifically is, is the, the Bible account of a Pharisee, a religious leader and a tax collector. Someone everyone looked up to and, and someone everyone hated. The Pharisee, self-righteous. I thank you, God, that I'm not like other people. I, I give a full tenth of all my, my earnings. I keep two fast days a week. God, you must be happy with me. And the sinner, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. God, I need your forgiveness. Jesus is the one who said that day one man went home justified. The humble, the contrite, the one who looks into their heart and more than that, into God's law to see their sin and recognize this baby in a manger, the the savior that has come is one that I desperately need. In the blank, you can write, God's surprising way of dealing with us is to afflict the comfortable and comfort the afflicted. Afflict us again with his law. Make us feel uncomfortable and help us see our great need for him. And when we see that need, he fills it. 
She continues and finishes her song. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary understood that this was in the context of history. She understood that what was happening to her was in the context of everything that was written in the Bible that was written in God's word. And she was able to identify that a promise that God had made 2,000 years earlier, 1,500 years earlier, 700 years earlier, you name it, when when God made the same promise to his people, that promise of a savior, the, the promise of the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, that she understood in her lifetime, she had this wonderful privilege to see the the promises of God being fulfilled. We have the same privilege, except we are able to, to look back that we have the whole story laid out for us in his word. We are able to see even on Christmas what would come 33 years later as Jesus won the victory over death. In the blank, you can write, God doesn't forget his promises He is faithful to us in every sense of the word. God continues to be faithful to you today. These promises are fulfilled today, just as they were at the time of Mary. Now, where does that leave us today? Ephesians 5, 18 to 20. Do not get drunk on wine. Okay, we, we talked about this when, when Christmas, right? That, that during the Christmas time, I have this loss and I want to feel that warmth that's missing and I feel this pain, this sharp pain. So, so where do many people turn? Let's drink. This time of Christmas time is the time where, you know what, all this is happening. I'll, I'll get, get something to drink. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, which is bad stuff that happens when you drink. You better not have seen Christmas party, okay? I'm telling you that right now. Yeah, office Christmas party. Okay, anyways. Uh, Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another, notice, with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, after giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. When Mary heard the promises She responded, not with a song that she knew, but a song really that she kind of made up. It was her song. It it was her way of remembering all that God had done for her. And what we need to understand is, is this next section, which might be the help you need in writing your new song. In the blank, you can write, I recognize my my Christmas song will follow a path from events, to thoughts, to feelings and emotions, and then to action. I need you to write this down. I need you to cut it out. I need you to put it on your refrigerator because this will help you understand so many things that happen in your life. Okay, the way this would have worked for Mary is this. It could have gone either way. The event was finding out she's going to have a baby. The thoughts could have been, the self-talk, as I like to call it, is, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? All my plans for my marriage are ruined. The, uh, the, The ceremony, we're supposed to have all these people. Now I can't do it. Joseph's gonna probably not marry me anymore. I don't know what I'm going to do. The feelings then? Emptiness, loss, frustration, panic, anxiety, fear. 
And the actions are similar to that, that that I'm going to act in anxiety and worry and I'm going to try to fix it. But that's not the route she went. That she had this event and what were her thoughts? My soul magnifies the Lord. You know, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. He has looked with favor on his lowly servant. From this day, all generations will call me blessed. She was able to look at the promises of God, God's track record. The thoughts going through her mind weren't necessarily her own. They were God's thoughts that he had recorded in his word. And then the feelings, the feelings of confidence that came as a result. That, that were, you know what, God has done this in the past. He, he did it during the time of Abraham. He's done it during the time of Moses. He's done it all throughout the history and he's going to do it for me. And the actions then, I'm going to live in faith. I'm going to listen for God to tell me what my next step is going to be and how I can take a step forward in faith. So what I need you to do today is to start and be honest. That if you feel like Christmas is something you've lost, that you might have to do a little bit of digging in places and in rooms in your heart that have not been open for a while. And I need you to be able to articulate why. What is it about Christmas? That as you go back, what is it that makes you cold? What is it that brings pain? What is the event? And then the next step is is the, the, the thoughts is to go back to God and his word. What does he tell me that, about the plans he has for my future? Plans to prosper me and not to harm me. Plans to give me hope and a future. What does God say about his love for me? What does God say about his forgiveness of me and his forgiveness of others as well? Is Christmas a time where I'm going to need to forgive someone or ask for forgiveness? Once that happens, and I understand, right now you might be in a position where your feelings and emotions are so raw and so intense that you, are, you don't think it's possible for them to change. But I am telling you, it is. And you need to understand this path in getting there. And then what happens is, is the final one is actions. Another word you might want to write there is a song. And that will be your song. That will be your Christmas song. That will be the song that reflects what's in your mind and what's in your hearts. And it'll be easy because you'll be able to see, are these the promises of God which I'm recalling and remembering? Is this truly a Christmas song, a Christmas carol that gives glory to Christ and has the focus on him? Or is this a song that's about me and my misery and the things that I wanted but don't have? Very strong, very powerful. And what I would like to leave you with now are words of another song. It's, it might be my favorite Christmas carol. But, but it's, I love it because it's a Christmas carol, but it's a Jesus song. It is a Jesus song. And these are the best of the holiday season. What child is this who's laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? Who angels greet and with anthem sweet while Shepherds watch our keeping. This, this is Christ the King who shepherds guard and angels sing. Haste, haste to bring him laud, the babe, the son of Mary. Why lies he in such mean estate where oxen and donkeys are feeding? Good Christians fear for sinners here the silent word is pleading. Nails, spears shall pierce him through the cross he bore 
for me, for you. Hail, hail, the word made flesh, the babe, the son of Mary. So bring him incense, gold and myrrh. Come, peasant, king, to own him. The king of kings salvation brings. Let loving hearts enthrone him. Raise, raise a song on high. The virgin sings her lullaby. Joy, joy for Christ is born. The babe, the son of Mary. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we thank you that you have given us a gift of music, which really does hit our emotions and, and hits our whole being. And what a blessing that through music, uh, we, we communicate not only words of Christmas, but also the, the, the message, but also the, the feelings of Christmas that we want to have about Christ and the confidence and, and the love and the gift that he is. Now help us, Lord, if this is still a time of year where people are hurting, Bring them the comfort and joy of Jesus Christ. Help them to to get their attention back to Christ and everything that they do have and the future that all of us have with you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now, some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. Leave with a song in your heart and make, make sure it's a Jesus song. And, and I know what you're thinking right now. Dude, you're talking about singing. We want to sing. You're going to in about 30 seconds. Not until you've been blessed properly. Go with God's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The God, God, look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen.